Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 36 and 37 of The Shadow Rising, Misdirections, and Emery Stand. Enjoy! Welcome to Season 4, Episode 18. Uh, episode 84 since we started the shindig. Um, and we do have some new patrons, so I'll give those first shout-outs for you guys. Woo! We have David L. and AJ. So welcome as our new patrons, and your patronage is Woo! highly welcome to this channel guys. and cheered and celebrated. Woo, yeah. Appreciate uh, you guys. Um, also, in numbers, we officially hit 100,000 downloads. Um, I know I said that we were close a while ago. We were actually about 10,000 away, but I just got really excited because there's a nine in there, and a nine is always exciting. But now there's no nines anymore. It's just 100 and some change. So, yeah, 100,000 downloads since we started. Yeah. So, triple awesome, guys. digits. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. Who well, the hell wants to listen Double triple digits. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> what are y'all smoking? Is the help of that pain? That is ridiculous numbers. Think of that in terms of, like, if you had a song and 100,000 people listened to it. You know? It, yeah. Holy cow. Those are Bitcoin numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole, the whole thing with, like, 100,000 Alan creates downloads. a new profile every night. Downloads yeah. again. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, so the whole thing about you know the the hundred thousand number is that on the analytics side, like I normally could get how many downloads we had to like the final number, but now since it's gone over hundred thousand, just says a hundred point something k and doesn't give me the the actual number anymore. So I don't oh, actually wow. know how many people are listening to us. I just know it's a lot. It's and the like, crazy yeah, thing is, I've only you don't care about the peanuts anymore. We'll just give you the round. <laughs> I, yeah. I've only downloaded one episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Chris pushes over the edge, Guys, edge of that one. Chris, this doing is, his this part. Is now, this is now an intervention because um, Alan's playing it cool, but we, he just confessed that he doesn't have exact numbers right now to put in his spreadsheet. And I can see it on his face. He doesn't know how to handle that. He is stressed. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're, tell, yeah. How does it make you feel? <laughs> I'm very, very, the anxiety level, I think I might have to start popping some pills to lower that down and right. um, keep, keep, me, keep me level-headed. So, um, also, we're doing a giveaway. Um, so, because we had 100,000 and it's a new month, we're going to do a giveaway on, tw on Twitter. Um, we're also doing a giveaway right now on TikTok. So I'm doing two giveaways at once. Um, so you can win a book. If you go to TikTok, you have till tomorrow to do that. You have to go search through the videos there for the Will Reads. And then on Twitter uh, tonight or tomorrow, I'll post it. But we're giving away a Will Reads t-shirt. So yeah, t-shirt and a book. And then let's uh, go. Be more giveaways to come. Our review, too, because I like that. That was that review just made my day. I got a nice little okay. chuckle. And I, I I appreciate it. So oh yeah, so so we did ask people for the reviews too. So I guess that that one's gonna win. Um, Ipa um, gave the best oh, review no. in the entire world for us. So I'm gonna actually read it on here because it's fantastic. <laughs> so thank you, Ipa, for this review. Um, we asked for Apple reviews, and um, he emailed me and said, "I don't own any Apple devices, but on a recent episode, you asked for Apple reviews. So hopefully this helps." He has a picture of a red delicious apple and says four out of five. Looks very juicy. Then he has a Granny Smith apple, three out of five, two green. Has the Apple logo and says 1.5 out of five. They don't pay taxes. 
and then has an orange. Zero out of five, not an apple. So we got four apple reviews. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll it was it. It, look. It was very very smart. I I appreciate that. I appreciate good humor. So and, and uh, yeah, it's I mean, appropriate because some nights some nights um, we're the the Granny Smith. Sometimes we're the orange. You know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's right, but we are never we are never the Red Delicious. Red Delicious yeah. is the garbage yeah. apple. It's that's a little like, that's, that's, sandy that's like and dust, mushy dusty and wheel. Soft. That's like Dusty Wheel status or something like that, where you get the red apple. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the, I like that Fuji. The, the, the Will Reeds, we're a little bit further yeah, down. We're, Fuji. We got, now we, we're we, talking. We, honey we, we, got, we, got the, we got the warm. Honey Chris. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, we have a guest next week, maybe. Um, I can't really confirm or deny that. Um, but we might have a guest next week, so... Keep, uh, I'll announce it if it actually does happen, but uh, maybe. Well, Dan's ready for maybe. next week also if you need a stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was told that, yes, I'll do it, but don't announce it to anybody because I might not show up last minute is what the guest told me. So I'm not going to announce so it, but I'm going to announce it. So we might have So we have guests. And if you Just notice kidding, other voices, we have, we have guests tonight. Yes, we have two guests. So let me, without further ado, welcome our guests again to our podcast. We have Brother Ryan and Brother Dan from The Way of the Leaf, a podcast and YouTube channel. Go ahead, just go ahead, take it away. I know people know you from oh, our you previous episodes. You so but... <laughs> Ryan, we should have been silent this I whole was, time. I feel so we bad. We've not been in trouble. I know. <laughs> I know. Hi, it's us. Hi, we're The Way of the Leaf. We don't do a podcast anymore, but we do uh, so many uh, YouTube things that you don't even need podcasts. You can uh, turn on YouTube, and we're probably there. As of now. <laughs> awesome, very good. That was yeah. the best play. Very happy to be here. Super yeah. excited. These are great chapters. Yeah, the pleasure is yeah. mine. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. uh, these are fun chapters. So let's get into some personal life first. Um, of course, you guys can share if you want to, but I'll just start with mine. Um, yeah. So today was my dad's birthday, so I went to my parents' house for dinner. So I was kind of nervous about getting back in time, but. Uh, we made it um, and celebrated his birthday. And then as far as everything else going on in the household and the world of, of us, I'm just trying to keep everything together until the school year starts and um, we get some kind of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, next next week. Um, yeah, my son's, you know, in preschool. Um, so he still has to daycare all day long, but just there's some kind of normalcy and scheduling that's going to be a lot easier mm-hmm. once Labor Day is over with. So right now we're just trying to make it through the, de- through the week. How about you guys? What's going on? Float, huh, Alan? Well, cheers. We're going to switch it up dad, a little man. bit. Uh, Solange, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alan's dad. Yeah. And I'm sure he's oh, a yeah. super grandpa. And, uh, you he know, I think, I think it's probably fun for your kids to hang out with, his, with your dad on his birthday. It, it was. They, they enjoyed did, it. Did your dad give yeah. out hard candies to the children? <laughs> No, I think he just gives them really stoic lectures. That's what he's doing to me. So, you know, <laughs> he puts them right to sleep. He's if you ever, joking. if you ever get the, the pleasure of meeting my father, he is. Uh, if you look up stoicism in the dictionary, it has a picture of my dad next to it. Um, <laughs> that's that's my my father. Uh, wow. <laughs> I will say this though, uh, Alan probably experienced some lectures that were duds i don't know but every time he's the he's the type of man that whenever he speaks nothing but wisdom comes out of his mouth it's always good sometimes it's funny but it's everything hits home and sometimes it's like a day later you're thinking about something he said and you're like oh man that was deep and i I didn't even catch it at the time so yeah Mm -hmm. not well i'm sure he instilled the uh, the love of nautical arts and uh spreadsheets Mm -hmm. And you've carried them <laughs> nobly throughout your life. 
Definitely the spreadsheet. <laughs> Definitely spreadsheets. He he built a boat. He built Nautical. a boat in a bottle, all made of spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he pulled that string instead of sales it's like six tabs pop up and like three it's an excel schooner <laughs> it's a giant bottle with like some super formula that calculates everything uh, i call it how'd algorithm. you know <laughs> so what's going on you guys <sighs> what's going on you guys life uh I'll, I'll be short uh so I won't get into details. Life has been very stressful. Uh, and man, like an hour before this podcast started, I messaged Alan um, because a new stress was added and it's a, it's a big one and I've yet to really digest it and process it. So uh, I, the last hour I've been getting myself in the fake it till you make it mode. So I'm here tonight. I'm going to have a good time. I'm excited our puppets are here, uh, but I'm kind of freaking out. And uh, we'll see how that turns out in the next couple of days. So, well, that's what but I'm, I am you. glad to be here, and I need this tonight. So, thank you all, and perfect night for the puppets to be here. Okay. Thank you guys. <laughs> you fucker! No, hey, to my DMs. I'll help you out. Yeah, that was like. <laughs> hey, I love you, Ian. I'm sorry to hear that. Man. Saying a lot but not saying anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try. I'm, gonna try. I'm, I'm curious. Guys, I feel like I'm on a precipice <laughs> and I need to make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> it was all buzzwords. It's all it was. <laughs> right. Um, I, I need time to process. So. <laughs> we'll circle back next week. Dude, there's a lot of shit going on. I don't want to talk about it. All right, next. Who's up? Chris, what's going yeah. on? Uh, yeah. uh, so I want to complain, but I, I, I'm at a point now where I just don't feel like it. Like, we know the school system shitty to teachers. Um, I'm getting over it. Uh, just at that point in my life already when it comes to work that it just is what it is. Got to make it work. Um, I'm also sitting around watching a lot of people sitting at home making just as much more money. And I'm like, yeah, give teaching another couple of years. If things don't improve or I don't get an admin position, I may think about switching careers. But... That being said, my students are phenomenal, so I can't complain about the actual classroom. It's just the the decisions made by people that are supposed to be more intelligent because they're in higher positions aren't always the best. But as far as personal life is concerned, like having a ball, um, coming home hopefully this weekend, and very quick run through just to say hi to some people. So don't know what I have no plan at the moment, which is also something really nice. Because I always make plans, but other than knowing that I have to be at Great Wolf Lodge all day Saturday, I don't have a plan, and I'm excited. No one can it. see for at home, but Chris is growing nice. drugs. He's turning into a hippie. He might join the Tuathon. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's found some uh, shamans he's following. Beautiful. Wait, nice. <laughs> I like your Actually, tinker tattoo, this, Chris. There's this thing called the Tau of the Hammer. So I'm gonna put a plug in for uh, <laughs> for for my boy um, Keyboy Johnson. He throws the Olympic hammer, and he always puts up these really cool like sayings that have all and no meaning at the same time. I'm trying to adopt his way. The dial of the hammer. Nice. So I'm sporting right. the dial nice. of the hammer. Yeah. So the the how about you guys? Man. Anything anything going on? Um, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm engaged. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, oh. this puppet, awesome. this puppet's got game. Hey, and I'm enjoying life. 
Uh, it's, it's the, the sheets, sheets right? Yeah, I got some village mattress sheets, and uh, it's been uh, uphill. <laughs> yeah, no, COVID <laughs> helped me uh, help me realign, and gave me. And finally, I paused for the first time right. uh, in like forty years, and all of a sudden, I was like, "What? <laughs> I don't like what's going on here." And I just made a lot of changes, so it's great. Having a great time. Good. Awesome. I awesome. It. I love it. I um this week has been a little rough. I have a um property in California, a condo unit that we used to live in. We have tenants now, and the condo decided to implode. Um and the drainage pipe from the tub upstairs burst. Um the gas line has <laughs> completely Busted. It's like this. a scene it, of a sitcom. There, I mean, it's oh. it's just seriously, it is a money pit right now. It's just <laughs> shit <laughs> is go, and whatever's <laughs> going on. Toilets or faces all. I need a new wa- <laughs> hot water heater. Yeah, this is so. I'm. Uh, this is important <laughs> for me too, uh, Ian, because I've missed you guys and I like hanging out. And this is this is a uh, part of joy, yeah. and I'm finding joy right now. <sighs> Yeah, I'm glad. Does, does it bring joy uh, to your life? <laughs> you guys Chris, are the best. Chris used I really... a line. Sorry to interrupt. Chris used a line. He said, "It is what it is," and I've probably said that a bazillion times on the show, talking about different things that pop up. But if I can resummarize all of my statements, I'm just getting really tired of having to say it is what it is about I everything. Agree completely. And that and that's where I'm at. That sums it up. So, hey. And now yeah. on to happier times. <laughs> Ryan oh, and my ridiculous. dad, uh, we used to, he used to say, he used to talk shit and go, oh, but what you going to do? <laughs> Just well, throw it out the window. Oh, but yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, exactly. yep, yep, that's rough. Yep, yep. <laughs> so let's go to predictions uh, real fast. So I got three of them down. So uh, let's see. Matt has all of his memories uh, was one prediction. That he didn't like that all his previous life's memories. He got everything. Italicize all, all caps. Yeah. In yeah. parentheses and quotation yeah. marks all and underlined. It wasn't. It wasn't italicized a memory. Bold. It is italicized all memories. Um. So and then, uh, Rand's mom was rich. Was another one. Um. Some rich lady from somewhere. Um. And the uh, Forsaken were watching Egwene in her dreams because they said they felt like they were being watched. And they said, oh, it's definitely Forsaken. Um, so those were some of the predictions that we had last week. Um, so let's – anything else, you guys? Anything I'm missing that you guys predicted that you guys can remember? Wait, are you do you, are you putting your legs up or are those actual human yeah, arms? Are <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those hand he's signals a, he's for in me a pool. something like that? <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. synchronized yeah. swimming. No, no arms are that big. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, if there's nothing else, let's move right into this. Let's move right into this. I have a prediction here. we forgot. Uh, well, there was one prediction. Oh, I, I predict that since the puppets are here, this is going to be one of our best episodes in like a year. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> prediction. <laughs> All right. Full send. Go, Alan. There we go. Full send. Go. All right. Chapter 36 Misdirections. And we have. The symbol of the half moon or the crescent moon with the stars. That's our symbol. Who that is? Um, yeah, I don't know. Who real. is that? What, what? We can talk about that for a Who second. What do you think about the chapter symbol? Tom? Right. Where do you rank this in the chapter <laughs> icons list? Confusion. Do you like it? Or is it like, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's like, <laughs> It's kind of like saying, you know, the, the, the moon is 
facing to the left, the crescent, so it's a greater than sign. So those stars are greater than the blank space to the right of the sign. It's mathematical, oh, man. Okay. It's, it's yeah. symbolism, bro. Yeah. yeah. It, is this I, like I got, I got the sign for one of the... Do they, <laughs> make it to you, make it. I guess I should ask, do the, the uh, IEL have different crests or anything like that? Is that something they do? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think maybe. Well, I don't know. Did, what was Celine? I mean, Lanfear was mentioned. Maybe it's just to remind us of how beautiful she was. Uh-huh. Yeah, what was yes. the Celine Lanfear symbol? Is it the same um, or similar? Didn't I've never seen this one, but I've never looked at it. Who's the daughter of the night? Hmm. Yeah, it could be something like that. I don't know. Again, I got nothing. No. I could keep bullshitting <laughs> if you want, but. Okay. No, yeah. no, so let's get right into this chapter. So we start with the Aiel breaking camp and they're leaving Iridian. Um, Rand and Matt are riding with Rook. Um, and uh, they're in front of, I think the front of them, they're, was it 400 uh, Jindo uh, Sept? And then Kuldin and the Shido as well have also left Iridian and they're kind of off to the side, like a couple of hundred yards or meters away, kind of traveling, keeping pace with them, but keeping their distance. And one thing to note is that Kulin didn't even wait for the traditional 10 days. They saw them leave, and they're like, yep, we're leaving too. And he's like, I don't care my brother. I, they killed them. Uh, Kulin's convinced that, that Rand killed his brother and that they don't even care to wait. We're, we're leaving too. So that's where we start. Thoughts about Kulin's? Yeah. yeah. I think that was some shit. I hate to say it that way, Damn. but I'm going to, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. And if it were my brother, even my brother from another mother, I'm going to give him that 10 days. I might even give him 11 with the hope and a prayer that he somehow makes it out. Now, I don't know that Rand actually told them what he saw. I'm sure he did not. But, like, where's the loyalty? That's so, really the question. There's there's that, and I 100% agree with it. But then the next step is, okay, if he doesn't come out, they still don't have a chief. So it would it, it's up to somebody to go next, Right. Uh, and they're just giving up on that whole process right now. And they're like, screw it. We're just letting all of that go. I would have left at a minimum a contingency. Nah, but I would have been leading that contingency. Cool um, and bitched out is what he is. did. <laughs> he did. Especially with the, with the numbers they had. They outnumbered the other uh, Rourke's clan four to one, right? It was like 400 to 100, yeah, something some, like that. Yeah, exactly. So why not leave 200 and Cooler stay there? Cooler than we're going to Roydian. Cooler than going to go the Wetlander way. He's just going to take over. Uh, wow, he's got that attitude. That's for sure. He does. But, but so now I'm wondering, is this something that's going to come back? And I won't say bite us in the butt, but come back to us somehow. So they've left. There's still like this waiting period. What if this dude does pop out on day 10 or day 11? But he's like all messed up and trippy and he saw some <laughs> crazy shit. Or maybe he's like the one that saves the day when everybody's about to start fighting and Kooladin's ready to start fighting and he shows up and he's like, no, I've seen things. Rand is the man. Or Kooladin's a dark friend. Yeah, I don't know. Kooladin could be a dark friend. So what is uh, Kooladin's brother is Muradin? Is that his name? Yeah, Muradin, yeah. The Eyeless? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't need these things. Pluck, pluck. (laughs) Save yourselves from hell. This is horrible. Kooladin could always be like one of the first Aiel dark friends. And he's probably been like promised the the Aiel people as his reward. I mean, he seems so like that type so of you guy. think there's Aiel dark friends? Yeah. There's got to okay. be. Up until this point, it didn't cross my mind. And Chris, I love you for bringing that up. Why 
why are the dark friends and the dark friend social, why would that be limited to the world we knew in the first book or two? Exactly. Like they, they're aware of the rest of the world. So were there Aiel at the dark friend social? I kind of want to go back and reread that, reread that prologue <laughs> and see if there's some description that would make me think of Sean Chan or make me think of Seafolk or make me think of Aiel or, or something else that I wouldn't have recognized at the time, but totally mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that they did mention that one thing that surprised uh, the the man who calls himself Bors was that there was a tinker there. I remember that. Mm. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, and, and, and he was like, blah, we don't need them. Blah. Yeah. Tinkers. Blah. But aren't tinkers Aiel? Mm. Somehow, to be, I mean, you go, you go back and look at the splits and who's yeah. the real yeah. Aiel? Who, who is know. the real Aiel? Maybe not the real Aiel. Please stand up. Not to de- not to derail, but do you think that Rand and uh, Mer- Mer- Meriden uh, saw the same thing, or did they see different things when they walked through? Oh no! They like based on what we thought from last reading. There's yeah. and we read. They're seeing from their different um, different Fancy. sets of eyes, essentially. Yeah, R- R- Rourke, going there. Rourke confirmed that. <laughs> um, I guess last chapter. And, and so, Chris, to yeah. be fair, Chris kind of predicted that before it came up in the book that he was thinking people saw, you know, different things depending on what their family heritage was, sort of thing. I think it was so. Martin could have now. Just they been could. It could be along the same things. vein. It could be along the same vein, and he may have been so just overcome by the fact that the Aiel used to be like nobodies and nothings, and that their whole existence comes from. Essentially, going rogue. That mm. he just didn't didn't care for it. I mean, here hmm. these people of honor find out that they probably one of the biggest dishonorable groups of people in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their entire culture is built around honor, Vanji Ito, honor and duty. <laughs> and, um, why. and nice. Yeah. Which is that's funny. That's why they're all in the waste is because they're serving their time. Because all them done did fucked up. So yeah. that's that's the, all those ladies laughing about different people owing different people favors and then tripping up on each other and they think it's so funny. The real joke is that all of them are in the waste and they're all suffering because they all done did screwed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bam. So, yeah. So after they leave, they're walking along and Avienda comes up next to Rand and starts to talk to Rand about um, Elaine. And this is a really funny. Elaine is the woman for you. For you. Yeah. And Rand's like, I don't really want to talk to you about this. And he's like, should I describe her to you? She wears in the bath. She gets naked. <laughs> and like, he's like, stop it. <laughs> she, she's really hot. Trust me. She is fit. <laughs> so Rand wants none of it. He's like, I don't want to talk to you about this. <laughs> so this is where my mind went. Uh, obviously, there's conflict there. We talked about it last episode where Avienda, she went her back is straight. into Roydian. And she came back even like even more mad at seeing her limbs that supple and strong. Oh my goodness! Let me make her sure the camera like don't pan down. I don't want love to see apples. what's going on there. Her hair is spun gold. Her eyes blue sapphires. Her skin is smooth and the finest silk. Her bosom's fine and well rounded. Her hips are. I want to know what her hips are. We never got that answer. That's perfect, though. 
So is it? Do we think this is a, a is this peculiar to, peculiar to Avienda or is this just typical? No, I this know. this is where Chris and I's minds we overlap <laughs> occasionally. That was perfect that you read that there. I was thinking, well, I didn't know what I was thinking before, but I knew there was some issue with Avienda. She saw something <laughs> that made her hate Rand more, but none of it made sense. Um, and now I'm starting to think that there's some attraction. Uh-huh. Between Avienda and Elaine. Uh, yes. Um, and I think maybe Avienda saw something where she ends up with Rand and she's pissed about it. And she's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be with Rand because I like Elaine. And I, I like Elaine so much that because Elaine likes Rand, I'm respecting their relationship. And I don't want, you know, she's from this honor bound culture. She's like, I'm not going to fuck up what they got going on. And anyways, I don't even want Rand. I want her. So there's That's some sort great. of crazy feelings triangle going on here. And Avienda saw something when she was in Ridion that got her extra pissed. And I, I think that's what it is. I think it's her seeing some future between her and Rand. And now it goes back to, all right, Rand is destined to be with, what was it, three women? That's what, that's what men saw. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we were guessing all these mm-hmm. other possible combinations. Maybe Egwene's not even in the mix. You know, she already wrote herself off early. Maybe it's not Egwene at all. Maybe Avienda is one of the women. And Elaine's one of the women, and maybe men. I don't know, but that that could explain a lot. The whole feelings love triangle thing. Hmm. Yeah. My only disagreement is is that he that she sees himself. She sees herself with him. I don't see her seeing herself with him. I think that she saw herself with Elaine, and then Elaine, you know, showed her love for Rand, and now she's just Ooh. jealous. Now that could be too. Well, well I mean, don't those... get me wrong. The the explanation, I believe the explanation is definitely an IEL thing. Like, I think they would definitely. I mean, <laughs> I, I do it as a as a coach who is around a number of different types of body styles because I do track and field, and every event has a different body type. I describe a person and will remember a person for their body before I remember even their name. I'll know what event they do because I can see what physical attributes they have. Like if you're looking at a distance runner, they're going to be, well, not always thin, but they're going to be thinner arms, thinner legs. Some will have a gut, some will have a six pack. But then you look at a sprinter and you got this massive glute, huge quads. You've got pretty cut arms. And, you know, so you can tell. And then you you know what a thrower is because they're like, Fuck it, I got a gut, I got thick legs, I got I massive arms. Because <laughs> well, I'm on a six-second sprint. Too. They got that <laughs> They do. Yeah, they do. They, yes. I mean, it's all, it's ass and leg for days. Oh, man. Wait, back so in, you. Back in my day working in groceries, you could, you know, you could always tell the cashiers yep. because they have these massive fingers. <laughs> and the baggers, man, they have these forearms, man. Just, you always know a bagger from a cashier. There you go. And the meat department folks, because they just take a nap back in the cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, back when you were working, what, they were like punching in numbers on a manual typewriter type. Yeah. <laughs> now they just scan it and it goes beep, beep, beep. So it's hard to tell. <clears throat> yeah. It's all. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, they were manually punching in keys, and also that me was hung in, in freezers, and Rocky was constantly was awesome. punching in. It was really Hi, welcome to Costco. I, I love you. Up. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, anyways, I think Alex, Ian just uh, where we were. 
Now Ian just froze. He just like literally yeah, mid-sentence. Everybody else like, froze. I like that. Everyone, everyone doing no, Ian right happen. now. But everyone he looks so happy. Right when he gets back, he'll be he really is a... uh, I think he might be back. I think he might be coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Ian literally just froze on us. Um, I don't know whether to keep going. Let's, I don't know if you can hear us or not. Can you all hear me? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah there, there you go. go. Oh, there he is. Ian was Ian. I was stone portal in for a minute. I was flickering on y'all. I already know the 5,000 different ways this episode could end, so I'll try not to spoil it. (laughs) All right, so so after this whole entire interaction with Avienda, um, then it goes to Matt, and he's just riding there, considering everything going through his head, Rand and Avienda, his refusal to be healed the night before, and also what happened in Radian. And he keeps on thinking, you know, I've been to Radian. That's what the snake people told me to do. I do what I had to do. You know, and he's all these things are just jumbling through his head. Um, so what do you think about the mental condition of Matt right now? I mean, obviously, he has a lot going on um, in his head. I mean, all these characters do, but we overlook Matt a lot. So let's talk about Matt for a bit. Uh, same comments as last episode. I, I think he's about <laughs> to get overloaded with the knowledge of all of the Matt lives ever mm-hmm. in every scenario. He asked people that it appears the people he asked had the power to grant anything. Like they had the power to make anything. They'll make a deal for anything. And he asked for all of his memories and they said, mm-hmm. done. I think his brain's about to overload and he's not even recognizing it yet. We, like I said, we noticed it with his talking to the old tongue and understanding the old tongue. Um, mm-hmm. But you, so you believe these are literally his lineage? Like if you were like ancestry tree, like Matt, him being reborn. it would just be one amazing That's general. Now multiply that by another. a multiverse, all the uh, versions uh, uh, of them. Oh, so I'm, I'm now thinking see that, now that's a concept. Matt might go crazy again with overload. Okay, that's a concept though that we really never thought about. So in our minds, this is a reoccurrence. So. This is, um, you know, rebirth after rebirth after rebirth. It wasn't until they traveled to Rodion that we have this idea that rather than rebirths, they're now seeing the images or thoughts of their ancestors. So, you know, we thought it was reincarnation up until literally two chapters ago. And now it may not be reincarnation at all, but it may be them getting the memories of you know, not past selves, but their lineage. Hmm. And we All don't back know to the exactly. last turning. So, cause yeah. the age is coming well, in. And we don't again, know. So. Yeah. We don't, we don't know whether or not, or what type of mechanical advantages along with magical advantages that the ancestors had that allowed them to see into the past and project all of that into the future. And with this being now almost a science fiction novel rather than just a fantasy, like it, it's kind of mind boggling. And the other thing about Matt is, is <laughs> Matt is now yeah. in, a, in a mode of contemplation. He's not reactive anymore. You know, we, we've had Matt <clears throat> trying to get away and not really following a designated path per se. But now he's like, all right, I've met these criteria. I've done these things. I'm ready to move forward. So we've already got Perrin kind of getting away. Hmm. When's Matt going to start his own little quest? 
Yeah, hmm. agreed. I I feel like he's he's be, we're seeing the very beginning of Matt going on his own journey. I think he'll stick around with Rand as long as the pattern needs him. Um, but there's there's gonna be a split coming up, and and we have Matt books ahead of us. I think. I'll also say this uh, to summarize everything you just said, Chris. Little did we know when we talked about that lowercase italicized a in the eye of the world in the very beginning, how important that was. And if Jordan actually took the time to define that lowercase italicized a in the beginning, we'd have a lot less questions right now. A lot fewer questions. <laughs> it would all be answered. Like, yeah, we're still just barely cracking the surface in what that stupid lowercase italicized a means. It was a beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's yeah. the crazy I mean, thing. Like at this point, Matt now has it in his mind that he could actually leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Prior yeah. to this, he never had that feeling or thought. It yeah. was I want to leave, but I keep being pulled back in. Now it's I can leave, but will I go? Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. getting more confident with it. I feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then this very next scene is when they come over, like, I don't even have to come over a hill, but they see a group of peddlers' wagons uh, approaching. And at this point, they go up and ride to them, and they start talking to them. You meet uh, Kadir, uh, the head of, I guess, the head peddler, and he introduces himself. And he says, like, yeah, we're, we're not sure where we're going. They're like, yeah, you're heading right towards Radia, and um, you can't go that way. So how would you guys travel with us? We're going to Emory Stand. You guys can, we will accompany you. And while this interaction is going, Coolden's riding over to be like, no, you need to ride with me. I'm, I have a bigger group. So let's talk about this whole interaction. You know, the Virak, this whole thing is like, since when are you a clan chief? <laughs> or, you know, they're, they're like, they can't ride with you. You guys don't have a clan chief. It's not the Iowa way. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about these peddlers. What's your initial reactions to meeting at least Kadir? And um, I know we get some more details as the chapter goes on about some of the other party members in there. But let's let's talk about this whole interaction and scene. Well, we're going to back up a moment because I love the quote. I don't understand, Matt said. You look like you're going to kill somebody. That would certainly put paid to his hopes. I thought there were three kinds of people UIL come out here in the way. You Excuse me. Thought there were three kinds of people UIL let come out here in the waste. Peddlers, gleemen, and the traveling people. And mm -hmm. it's like peddlers and gleemen are welcome. And they left yep. it alone. Yeah. How many gleemen so do you I think won... the waste is getting? <laughs> <laughs> and would they even That's get the jokes? <laughs> so I was on a river the other day. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wetlander. Wait, they have a river. It's a river of rocks. There's no actual water. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go on vacation to it. This is but a Walmart on wheels. This is Kadiri, J.C. Kadiri. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, this is 18 <laughs> wagons of shit. Mm -hmm. The original Sears. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You're right. For the original, really, yeah. like, Amazon that delivers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I kind of imagine that they would have kind of like the classic tough guy or like the 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 bodyguard type, the some sort of tough. Person. The guy riding shotgun, like like literally yeah, I mean, where he, the term he, came he from. Like Somebody, cudgel yeah, or something. Literally holding a shotgun, guarding the stuff. Well, for, you know, the, for the eighteen money, wagons, yeah. you need several tough guys. Toughs. Yep. Yeah. 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 
They're, but which is odd. So they're just out in the ways. It's a mighty convoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I bet you they go through a lot of water. Yeah. Hey, right. uh, so I, w- I was I didn't want to jump out first on this one. There is one thing I underlined here, and it was the lack of guides that they didn't run into. And Work brought it up like like there's no way you made it this far without guides. There's just no way. Like it's never happened. Mm-hmm. And I know the peddler's playing it cool, like, well, we're just you know, this is my first time. I'm just kind of going about my business going this way. I I don't know. I I didn't run into any of them, but I thought that was pretty significant. And I still don't, even after reading all these chapters, I don't know for certain what the cause of that is. I know there's a <coughs> Trollocs later on <laughs> that we have to deal with. Um and maybe that's what caught up the guides. I don't know, but there's clearly a, a big change in, you know, the the regular way these IEL do business. Um, there's something affecting, you know, their defense posture, if you will. Um, the fact that they made it this far, or maybe there's something dark friendish about our peddlers, and they did run into guides, and they killed them, and just kept going. I mean, we don't know. Hmm. And, and by the end of these chapters, we don't really have an answer. But that's something I was like, wait a minute. You know, you're catching Aiel off guard. Everything we know about Aiel so far is you don't catch an Aiel off guard. It just... Right, and Maybe one point. all by himself off in the wetland area. Maybe you sneak up on one. But in their homeland? Uh, no. And to your larger point about, like, uh, there being some sort of agreement or understanding about things, they mention bro, you're like one or two days away from Ruidian. And he's like, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry. Oh, no, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. My bad. My <laughs> bad. <laughs> whoops. But was it a whoops? Like quite was literally. It really was like, as I, well, that's where I went. And as I was listening to this and processing it all, a few things kind of stuck out to me. Um, and, and those things were the company that was traveling – was a large company headed in the direction of somewhere that they should not be. So my mind went, where do they have the goal? Are they dark friends? And yes, I know I'm claiming a lot of people dark friends today, but I'm at that point now where I'm like, something's got to go down. We're nearing, I'm not going to say the end of the book, but we're getting to a point where we've got to see, you know, a, a switch in the direction and we need to see some action occur. And then the next thought I had was going into relation of um, the, uh, I can't even say his name, Kaladin, and how he did try to play as a chief again. I was like, all right, here he goes establishing himself, like he's going to make a move. But then also Rand establishing himself as a presence. Like they all rode up to meet these traders and Rand include Rand could have stayed back, chilling behind and let the others take care of it because it's like, is it really your place? But he is already like making sure people realize that I'm establishing myself as your leader. So I'm going to take charge in this situation, which was, you know, always it was very interesting to see. And then seeing the Aiel way and seeing how, um, <clears throat> excuse me, homeboy got put in this place about trying to uh, cool it in, trying to imitate a tribal chief and then also challenge the way of the Aiel. It's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You're not the chief. 
and we always take travelers under a chiefdom. So mm -hmm. they're not coming with you. They're coming with me. The end. Now go back to where you belong. Yeah. And so as a I like the fact that. Yeah. I was going to say, I like the fact that he at least acknowledged it and did step back. So there is some hope for him yet. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah but I feel like as a reader, we're sitting here cheering for this thing that Rourke does. Rourke is like, well, I'm a chief and you're not a chief. And we're like, yeah, because we know Rourke. Am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. We know him. We've been introduced to him. He's pretty cool. We like him. And we're cheering for it. But if we're also cheering for Rand, um, and Rand's not really getting involved in the conversation very much, like Rand is here to break all that. And it's like I said before, I don't think Rand wants to destroy the Aiel. I don't think that's his goal. But uh, I think he is going to tear down all of their customs, all of their rituals, all of their ways, everything they've been doing in the Waste. All that shit's about to change. Uh, and we still don't know how much Rand read when he was in Tear. So how much does he know? Is he winging it? Or does he already know that he's going to break down this whole social structure? If he already knows that, he's, you know, we the reader are looking at work going, yeah, work, you stood up for yourself. That's great. We're cheering for you. And Rand in his mind might be looking at it be like, bro, you're wasting your time because in a few mm. more chapters, I'm about to fuck it all up. Them's the old no. ways. That's the old ways. But you got to think about it strategically, though. I'm about to chief though. a chief, yo ass. <laughs> no, <laughs> think about it strategically, though. In any business, what do you do? You put the right people in the right place. That way you don't have to work. Agreed. So why not let Let's Ruark let continue doing what he's doing? Because Ruark's already on your side. So you've got a chief of chiefs right there who's also married to, to a couple of wise people. All of that like, benefits you right now. Yeah. So just sit back and ride it out. Because when you mm -hmm. do decide to make that move, you need both of them on your side. Mm-hmm. So, so Rand's trying to develop it, I, street cred right now, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. All right. Mm -hmm. And work, work definitely helps him with that. He's like, what up, blood? <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Hey. up hey. Just so y'all know, for whatever reason, when y'all were coming on tonight, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is the song I want to quote from in my name. And as I scrolled through the lyrics, this is the only line I, Ian... Caucasian American is the only it. line ah, of ah. that song that I could post yeah. <laughs> without being inappropriate. <laughs> so I love the song, but this is all I can. All, I will just repeatedly say, hold up. Hey, and none of the rest. Yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> So also right before Coolidin does leave, uh, they do have this interchange where, you know, they say that, you know, that he says that they'll follow he who comes with the dawn, you know, and, and, he says, oh, the shadow will as well, but he doesn't acknowledge Rand at all. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll follow he comes with the dawn. Sure. Um, and that's what that, kind of his parting words. So I didn't know if you guys thoughts about that, kind of that last little jab before he walk, goes away. But even when Rurik replies, he re references he who comes with the dawn and doesn't say Rand specifically. And we got a little hint from Rurik before that, okay, it's cool that you're the dragon. You might be the dragon reborn, but you may not be he who comes with the dawn because we have our own prophecies that we're not going to tell you about. And mm -hmm. if you fulfill them, then maybe that's cool. So that's telling me that there's more that needs to happen before the Aiel can see Rand as actually he who comes with the dawn. Right. Just showing mm -hmm. up in the morning is a really uh, easy prophecy to, to fulfill. <laughs> But two people did it. <laughs> two people right. showed up at the dawn. There are he's who came with the dawn, right, and right. Matt's one of them. That's easy. So. That's easy to do. 
and two tattoos. Look, Alan, Alan already said if we get 100 patrons, he's going to get a tattoo at Jordacon. So everybody gets tattoos. Like, yeah. And right. Yeah. So who who's this Rand fellow with two tattoos? I, I don't. I've got two. Tattoos. I don't know about you guys, but so, I am not an early bird. So me trying to rise up before the dawn, yeah, that that's a tough prophecy for me to fulfill. Like, I don't know what you guys. Yeah. But that sun's not up. I'm not up. Al's if like, there's, stay if there's one out there the that dawn. says, if there's a prophecy that says he who shows up late for brunch, Alan and I are in contention <laughs> to stumble in together. <laughs> No, Rourke's like... Brunch is uh, over at 2. It's it's one forty-five. Let's order. Come on. Rourke's, one of his wives, is pretty frisky right before the sun rises. So he's like, yeah, I come with the dawn all the time, baby. Ayo! Ayo! <laughs> it wasn't me this time. I was holding out. Uh, no, I... <laughs> hey, hey, brother. High five. The line has been crossed. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, nice. So, so yeah, and these, these so, people... So then, then, then Kite Kadir kind of opens up this wagon and he's like, Hey, how about you guys come buy some stuff? And Rock's like, No, we'll do that when we get to Emory Stand. We're still moving right now. We don't need to stop and, and, and have the flea market open up. And Matt's like, Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, you're selling stuff? I like that hat. Uh, can, can I buy that? And then mm-hmm. a woman shows up. Um, Kylie, uh, is it Kylie? Kylie? Kelly? My lovely lady lump in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's the she senior is. peddler. Yeah, she comes out and she starts to immediately try to bargain the trade for the hat uh, with with Matt. Um, and she's described as kind of a, a, a pudgy woman, um, but has a really lovely voice. She's got me twisted. Dude did not want to get rid of his hat, and I I can I felt bad. For I can sympathize with that. If someone saw, hey bro, give me your hat. How much you want for the hat? I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. How far does it go? <laughs> so, like, this whole group of people just comes off as very odd to me. I like Rand. We're gonna get to it in a minute. He's like, I'm skipping ahead, then we'll go back. The eyes, the eyes never change. Bam. Here you have this group of voluptuous individuals, all pretty girthy, traveling in the hot sun with 18 wagons. Girthy. Headed nowhere that they know of. Like, none of that makes sense to me. Hot sun. Hmm. Moist. It, it just doesn't. They <sighs> Yes. They have to have a, a purpose. And, you know, the chapter's title is Misdirection. And I think we get two misdirections. And the first one is with these individuals acting as if they have no idea where they're going and what mm-hmm. they're doing. I think that's our first misdirection. Well, I was just I was just stumbling into oblivion, and I just figured eventually someone would save me. <laughs> and I will say too, to Ian's point earlier, for Thiel not to know, and for them not to have a guide, was a red flag to me. Like in my mind, these people did something to them, which completely shocked me. To the Aiel, mm-hmm. that is. Now we learn later that maybe it wasn't them. But maybe they contributed. Now, um, do you think Ruark was tainted by, like, his feelings for Kuladin and made, you know, in his decision to let them travel with them? Because it seems like there's a lot of... um, Was it? A lot of things saying, don't deal with these people. Like, let them pass. Why? So, as the person... (laughs) Tainted love. Don't touch. You had to go there, then. I think Ruark had his level of wisdom. <laughs> he wanted to keep his eye on these individuals, and you always keep your enemies close. Okay. 
Right. What What are his options? Option. So the 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 simplest one's black and white. So step one: let him live or let him die. All right. Does he have enough justification to be like, I don't have time for this. Kill them all. He really he really doesn't have any moral justification for that right now. And in fact, that that might hurt his standing as chief. It might piss off the other tribe that's traveling with them because he killed peddlers enough for them to attack his people. It would put Rand at risk. So, okay, we can't kill him. All right. If we can't kill him, can we just go on about our business, let them continue to travel in their direction? Well, the direction they're trying to go is towards Ridion. I mean, they're trying to go somewhere else, but that's the direction they were heading. So we can't let them go where they were going. We're going. Can you turn them back? Um, where they're trying to go, around. it seems like is somewhat in the direction that they're going. And you might as well keep an eye on them, like Chris said. Keep them close and keep an eye on them. And then you also don't want to let them get too far away and travel with the other clan there. So, I mean, I, I think he made the right decision. But you're right. He has a lot of conflicting things going on right now. He's he's mm-hmm. still clan chief that's dealing with another clan that outnumbers him that doesn't have a chief right now that's threatening him. But there's also he who comes with the dawn, which is, by their prophecies, threatening everybody potentially. But it's an inevitability. And then, oh, by the way, you have these fucking peddlers. Like, that just... Popped out of nowhere. I'm sure he saw that and he was like, great. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I read now. Right now, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. He's going, yeah, it is what it is. But in his mind, he's going, I am tired of fucking saying mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I what, what do you think it's like a peddler? How does a peddler deal with uh, Aiel? Do they have currency? Yeah. Well, you got to have um, stuff that they want. Like, well, uh, and, they, and they talk about... In a little bit, they talk about things where Matt observes what gets traded. There's some things that the Aiel okay. are like, okay, this is a waste. I can get it cheaper elsewhere, or I clearly don't need that here. But there's some mm-hmm. things that go for, you know, high dollar. Right. And it's not really dollar. It's trade for other it's things. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Barter. Yeah. So also after all this meeting and greeting in Kuladin, then Rand and Matt kind of go to the side to talk about this interchange between Kuladin and Rorok. And as they're talking, Alvienda's listening. And I get, I think it was Rand that says something about Giotto and, and Alvienda goes in and says nothing to do with Giotto. Um, basically, you know, nothing Jon Snow again. Um, and that it's rather, yeah, that Kuladin is just trying to behave like a clan chief and he's not, you don't know what's going on. Don't try to act like, you know what the I.E.L. do, and you don't understand Giotto. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so any thoughts about that before we get to this last line where Rand turns to Matt about the eyes? I mean, I know we already talked about that a little bit, but that's kind of the last kind of cliffhanger we leave on is 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 with Rand saying, you know, watch the eyes. Um, yeah, we ride, so we before ride the final eyes. <laughs> um, let's go back to our female peddler lady that comes out. Uh, she says, a gold mark, you said. When he hesitated, her half, her half-buried eyes glittered raven black. I sold them all for any man a bargain twice. Um, so I underline that. That's the first time they start talking about the eyes. And at this point, I'm thinking back to Elsa, Elsie, Elsie, mm-hmm. Grinwell. In yeah. is that in Tarvalon? Yeah, that was in Tarvalon. When yeah. when uh, is there. And when, mm-hmm. when she did her little run there and her eyes were like blacked over, glossy black, whatever like that. So mm-hmm. is that a sign of somebody being, I'm doing air quotes now, compelled, possessed, uh, or is this somebody that's like uh, maybe 
I mean, I don't think this is Landfair, but what if this is Landfair impersonating another person, something like that? There's some sort of compulsion here or impersonating or shape-shifting going on. Some, mm-hmm. one, one of those things. I think it's more compulsion. Like these are actual peddlers that have been, uh, their minds have been taken over and they're being compelled to do a certain thing. Right so, on. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Sure. Is, is that, that the line? Right. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. You said oh, sure. I got three shirts. Chris, I got three shirts, baby. Sure. I yeah. heard that. I mean, it's either absolutely right or so oh, fucking wrong. <laughs> that's punk rock there, buddy. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. I said, yeah. So, um, like, to, to your point, the statements made, and I'm going to take this real quick. Uh, he said, be careful, we're with evil. He said, mm-hmm. a dangerous man, Matt, the eyes always give it away. Yet who can say, but what cause have I to worry with Moraine and the wise ones watching out for me? And we mustn't forget land fear. Has any man ever been under so many watchful eyes? Well, this yes. is from Rand. <clears throat> who, um, I also think that could be the second misdirection. Yes, he, he does have a, a, a history of paranoia. Mm-hmm. And oh no, he's definitely not being paranoid no. at this point. Deal's been okay. made. Hands hands have been shaken. Okay. Yeah. Something's going Sh- down. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're sure. full into the conspiracy, Chris, <laughs> but let's go back to the conversations Rand had with Landfair and then gosh, we've gone back and forth about what like should should Rand actually take up Baalzaman on learning from him? And then Bezaman, okay, he just came out too aggressively bad. So that was easy. It was an easy pass. But this Landfear, when she comes along and she's trying to reason with Ran, what she's selling sounds really good. <laughs> and then at the same time, hmm. Rand is in tear and reading and trying to figure My out more and more and more. Lumps. And he doesn't trust Moraine. He doesn't trust anybody that's pushing him. And he's like, all right, at least this landfair lady is trying to work with me and she's being honest and upfront with me. So this is someone I can deal with because she's predictable, at least from his perspective. So I feel like a deal was struck, especially now. This was the underlying explanation mark, pow, deal was struck with landfair because it's not that he was surprised saying, oh, I just found out landfair was here. The way he says it, it's like he knows landfair is involved in this as well. Um, and whether she showed up as part of the uh, 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 peddlers here, or maybe she's already part of the group he's traveling in in disguise somehow, Rand already knows she's there. He's already he's already struck that deal, hmm. I think. And that's why tonight I posted in our Patreon my wine of honor that I'm drinking is called Instigator, and that's for Rand. Mm-hmm. Hey, he is go. striking the match and he's gonna watch the world burn he's like fuck it we're gonna let it ride Sweet. he's pulling a mat right Rise now and he's smooth. wild carding there yeah, is a book called lord of chaos oh well, okay i should all right yeah. ayo, ayo. <laughs> spoiler ayo. i knew we'd get a good one book from title. these guys <laughs> that's not all really right. a spoiler i mean come on it's a book title so- yeah. It's a book title. It's books. Oh, I'm so it's sorry. Really, I mean, you can read a book and it's still on. in the first one. Oh, no. <laughs> but who's His last guys? name is Jordan. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's how we end this chapter. So anything that we missed or that we didn't cover or anything else that from this chapter that you guys want to talk about? No. <laughs> nope. Okay. Cool. Any questions from you guys from the, from the Leaf Brothers? Nope. Nope. 
Sure. Mm, no. Sure. No. I think I okay. do think a, a wagon train of eighteen wagons filled with shit is uh is a joy. I mean, what Pat and Fane just had one, and everyone was flipping the fuck out in Hemmingsfield. They're like, pins, yeah, pins. we can buy pins, we can pins galore. <laughs> uh, eighteen. Yeah, eighteen wagons is uh, I mean, how are they gonna get obnoxiously that huge. Plot they keep mentioning. Mm-hmm. That's keep what she said. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I keep I keep thinking about return on investment. It makes no sense ever, ever for a peddler to go out into the waste and trade. I don't think there's anything physically or materialistic. Like there's nothing that they get from the IEL that they could take back with them to then trade back with the wetlanders that's of value and so you talked about the size of this caravan to go and and matt chalked it up to you well they must have a shit ton of water to make the trip and that might be true but Mm. huge investment to go and what are they getting out of it well this time they're getting trinkets from shit they stole from tears so that's a bonus but now i'm thinking peddlers have always gone in there but for what Mm. what the hell were they getting they were there for information so the peddlers that guild, if you will, the peddlers, they were always working for somebody. You know, uh, our Aes Sedai, we've seen, they have mm-hmm. different informants spread around the known world. They send pigeons all over the place, blah, 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 blah. The peddlers are working for somebody. And so far, it doesn't seem like the peddlers are working for the good guys. Because we know at least one <laughs> that is the worst of the worst. <laughs> and these guys don't seem very cool either. So sure. yeah. I'm giving yeah. you a big sure. fat sure. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Sure yeah, stamp. That's, no, that's that's, that's awesome. what I'm getting. That's Alan's awesome. getting a Will Reed's tattoo, and I'm getting this a sure stamp is... on my lower back. <laughs> <laughs> there, I think it was mentioned though as sure well has. when they were talking about. I think in book two when they're talking about the uh, Kyrians and and the peace they had with the Aiel that they used to travel through the waste because they used to trade to the lands beyond the waste. Mm-hmm. That is mentioned, I think, in book two. Sure. Um, but sure, and and we there's something recent here about how they used to supply water as well mm-hmm. like that was part of you know their sure. trade thing going on but but still mm-hmm. return on investment why yeah. but you got to think about the long game bro yeah but for somebody <laughs> to think about this kind of With, long game it's i don't know it's not just, just know, for making that's the thing, you don't know. monetary profit it's for more that's why that. you, it's you always power. pray to, you always pray for Does forgiveness every episode the day yeah, they're, just someone, here trade, someone, they're sitting here trading with like you know if the prophecy's starting to get fulfilled tomorrow we want to be on their good side yeah <laughs> so someone in, well, yeah someone in the in, in chat did say that tom mentioned in even the first book that there are lands beyond the way so tom mentioned it at some point in the first book sure yeah and, and they're so, trying to get help to get to those lands anyway all right yeah so chapter. chapter 37 emery stand and our symbol is the trollic symbol Dun, 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 Trollocs. Confused the crap out of me. Yeah. I was like, Trollocs? them all the way this far in the waist? Nah. This is kind of my crazy. favorite icon symbol, actually. It, it's yeah, metal. I, I agree. I like the pretty, fist. Pretty I like the little mace. I like the horns and the smile. I like it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's go ahead and get started right into this uh, this chapter. So we start with Rand's point of view. Um, the Aiel and um, and their companions have reached Emery Stand. This point, Avian is continuing to speak to Rand about Elaine, and at some point, Rand just gets angry and says, "You should. You don't show any respect for the Dragon Reborn. You should find a little respect for the Karkon." Um, 
and mm. this is taken hilariously by Rourke. So let's start there because I found this interaction hilarious. <laughs> it's a reminder to the reader. Um, we we had a hint, well, more than a hint of the world we started in that this is not a world led by men, right? Uh, I think there's even more emphasis on that in the IEO world. Uh, and I say more emphasis because if it feels like in the world we started in, the men try to pretend like they still had power and had something to say. And there were some arguments with their wives, wives here and there and whatnot. And, but I feel like in the IEO world, they've not only accepted it, but embraced it and even works like, bro, no, that's, it's not how it works. You can put whatever title you want on there, but you're still a bro. So mm-hmm. no. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this whole exchange happened because she was mistaken Rand's inner thoughts for chuckling at the threefold land itself. Mm-hmm. So here we see yet another lack or miscommunication and how that can sway the conversation. And like you said, we realize as individuals that we're in a matriarchal world, whether we want to accept it or not, we as men try to put our own thoughts and opinions above that. But we all know. And Ruark is the first to come out and he just like chuckles. A, chan- a clan chief is not a wetlander king, Rand, nor is the, I'm not going to pronounce it right, Karakon? Karakon. Yeah, he, he comes to the dons, the Karkon. That's their yeah. There is respect. The women generally show as little as they can get away with, but anyone can speak to a chief. So, you know, accountability is a key word that we use every day. And what we don't tend to do with kings or didn't do with kings is hold them accountable the way they should have been. Um, and then the, the term servant leadership is something that I think has evolved over time because when we look at what the IEL people used to be, they were essentially servants that rebelled but still kept their ideology of servitude but then became a hardened in group of individuals. So they became people that led from behind. Giggity. That's worth one giggity. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So, uh, and, and we always know that in, in, in societies like this, um, the people that are in most need of protecting are also the people that should then have the loudest voice. Chris, that sounds great. <clears throat> the I, I gave a pause have... out of respect, but I disagree. Sorry, sorry. That pause, <laughs> that pause was a respectful pause, but disagree. Uh, so, here's the thing. Um, I, I I learned when I was younger about the different forms of, you know, how you can govern, and I'm sure there's other possible ways. But one of them, when you talk about a king, when you talk about a single ruler, the only way that really works is when you work in that term, the benevolent dictator. Um, and, and truly, I mean, I'm telling to myself, but a benevolent dictator is the best form of government. The, tr- the trouble is the whole power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely sort of thing. Um, but the best hope for not only the IEL, 
But in the big picture, this entire universe is, you know, if Rand is the one, and all of his powers at this point suggest he's the one, is that he grows to be a benevolent dictator. Right now, if Rand was convinced that the Aiel were the, were the enemy, and one of them started attacking him, and he went whirlwind like he did in Tear, and he brought down lightning, like, in just flames and tornadoes all over the place, he could kill every effing Aiel in the Waste, I believe, right now. It might exhaust him, but I think he could do it. Uh, so our hope, if we love and care for the Aiel and we want some of them to survive, is that Rand continues on this path that he's been suggesting to us, that he, it's not in his heart to you know hurt good people, what he considers good, from the way he was raised by Tam, which, you know, that's subjective, but that's another story. Um, we're, we're hoping for the benevolent dictator. Uh, when it comes to Rand taking power, if at the end of this book it's a bunch of people, like, endorsing him and that's what makes him valid, I'm going to feel like I wasted years of my life. When you have a power that consolidated, that strong, it it's down to the individual and whether or not they choose to do good with it and how they define good. It really doesn't matter what the IEL want anymore. If so Rand wanted to, he could book, destroy them. There are choices. Oh, choices. Fuck yeah. Choices. You've been fighting this ideology for multiple books. So there's no such thing as choices. So are yeah. you now backtracking? There's no such thing <laughs> as choices, but I'm going to jump ahead just to prove you wrong. So I have theories about Matt right now. Right? I've already talked about him, mm -hmm. where Matt is in his headspace and what happened to him. Mm -hmm. And very soon, there's going to be a need for Matt to get healing from an Aes Sedai, but he doesn't because he fucking hates the Aes Sedai, and he already got a little bit of dis distasteful healing from the Aiel. But the choice to not receive healing from Moraine, had he done so, Moraine, who's healed him before, who worked on him with his dagger problems, would have sensed a difference, a change would have seen what's different about him. That choice right there to not let Moraine heal him is drastically going to change Matt's storyline. That's beautiful. Because Moraine doesn't know the well, change that well, happened in Matt because he said, don't fucking touch me. So uh, do you think that One Moraine choice. then would have been able to detect uh, Hell these yeah. memory things that he has? Well, um, have you considered well, the, well, the... She would have been able to detect and give us answers to whatever happened to him. Awesome. As being a factor. Mm. Did that affect mm. his choices? I mean, all, I mean, there's all big, sorts of things that could call. have affected the choice, but still a choice was made. Hmm. Yeah. There were things, there were things yeah. influencing him, sure, but he made a choice. Anyways, Chris, yeah. I'm just being an asshole at this point. Sure. No, you're beautiful. I'm, no, I'm you're a beautiful <laughs> asshole. Like, t yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's not the first time I heard that. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, also, while they're approaching... This portion of the wheel reads is brought to you by Clorox. <laughs> if, you, if you need a... I'm oh, sorry. Er erase that from the final... Alex, sorry. <laughs> What is in that cup tonight? <laughs> Do I need to read it again? Um, this is some strawberry, uh, honeyberry, vodka, lemonade, scratch-made vodka with naturally flavors added. Oh, the, 7%. the cat, the cat that lives in the Wine Spring Inn made that vodka. That's awesome. <laughs> Tastes like honey cakes, baby. Scratch-made. So, as they're approaching Emery Stand, some of the maidens approach. They're kind of like the scouts, and they say, hey, there's trouble ahead. Um... So, Rourke and the Jindo, they take off to see what's wrong. 
Um, Rand, uh, Avianda, and Matt follow more slowly. Uh, they reach Emery Stand, and Matt is somewhat surprised to find that it doesn't. It's not really much of a town or anything. It's just like kind of a clump of some ground patches of grass. And and then he finally notices, oh, there's a building over there in the stone. <laughs> like, oh, there's another building. Okay, um, this is not really much. So it's, you know, why would you stop here? Um, you know, and he find oh, well, there's water here, and it's not much. But yeah. So we get a description of Emery Stand, um, and. There's no one here, which is also a little bit strange, but then they go into one of the houses. So, yeah. I'll be quick because of time. My favorite part of all of this, Avienda, like not part of the actual conversation because of what her role is right now, is doing the facial expressions like, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. I know what's going on, but I can't say, oh my God, I know what's going on, but I can't say. And so they ask her what's going on. And she's like, Psh, well, obviously it's either this or it's this because of this and the water and the goats. Look and at the then goats. The, dummy. And the goats. D- dummy, you're so list, dumb. Though. I know goats, water. And then they get up there and she's like, well, shit, I was wrong. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not what I, I have no idea what's going on. That was my favorite or, or, part. Or, or. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so the yeah um, the goats, the raiders would not have left the goats behind. So obviously it wasn't raiders because that's what they thought it was. Um, and Rourke chimes in, days, many days, or else more would days. still be here. Guys, <laughs> is this well-covered territory, but does everyone notice that Avienda has a lisp <laughs> when Ian does it? <laughs> Did I? Have we talked about this? Might be the first this time. well-covered territory. Oh, Jesus. It's really obvious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean anything by it. I'm not a very creative person. The right side of my brain doesn't work. The left side of my brain doesn't work much anymore either. They're both broken. I'm horrible with voices. I just try to avoid it. So Rand actually talks to Kadiri, and she talks a little shit. She's like, huh, so you're he who comes with the dawn, huh? He's like, yeah, it seems so. She's like, I thought you'd be more handsome. Bam. (laughs) Boom. Cuts him at the knees. (laughs) And then... Like, Rand keeps thinking, like, all these chapters, all these girls keep talking to him and giving him shit. And Rand's like, I don't understand women. I don't understand women. And there's one part where he looks past Avienda to look at Matt, and Matt shrugs his shoulders like, I don't fucking get it either, dude. <laughs> they have, they're just fucking clueless. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Ruark, Ruark even throws some misogyny in. He's like, yeah, it seems like the women, you know, whatever. He throws a little misogyny. So uh, apparently misogyny is just uh, rampant and global <laughs> in Randland. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's lazy human beingness. We all do it. When we don't understand something, we belittle it. You know, I don't understand it. So I'm just going to treat it like it's less than me. You know, men don't understand women. That's, what, well, they're that's less why than I me. hate myself. Right. That's why the, the, the lazy emotion is anger. Like, when, if you don't know how to process emotions and you get hit with feels, you act out, well, a, a lot of guys do, but a lot of people do act out in anger. It's not because they're truly anger. It's because angry's easy, and they just don't know how to process the other more complex shit. So that's, that's what we do. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, that might have been too deep. God damn, that vodka like... hit fast. I'm in my feels, guys. Well, I don't know how to deal with it. Going down a train of thought, like processing, the Aeol could not fathom the idea that something could have happened here outside of, you know, other clansmen hurting each other or raiders or something to that effect. And they make it to this house and there's blood splatter and stuff on the wall. 
Mm-hmm. There's, blood, there's blood everywhere. The I mean, it's, it's and Matt yeah. knew instantly. And Matt's like Chalks. It looks Matt like Chalks work to me. And they're like bullshit. Like again, oh, yeah, anger, he did, disappointment, upset. Like, Avienda's worst yeah. chapter, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. she's getting introduced like, to a new reality that defies everything that she ever knew. So let's give her a yeah, little bit like, of grace. We hunt Sherlock but this looks like a. Yeah, this looks like a. Ian, I this love looks you. like this she's, looks she's striking sla- out though. This looks like the slaughter floor of a meat processing plant, which, by the way, as a kid, they used to let us tour Smithfield Foods. And as a kid, they they don't let people do this anymore, but they used to actually take you through tours and they'd take you down to the kill floor while it's on operation. As a field trip, yeah. You can oh, go to the gross. kill floor and Smithfield okay. Farms, which is with Smithfield Ham, Virginia Ham. So they're just killing pigs left and right. Yeah. And like literally, it's like, here, kids, this is how we kill the pigs. And like blood everywhere, <laughs> like a horror scene. Like it's like, why are you showing this to kids? Like, which, so on the one hand, <laughs> even though it's under new experience. ownership and the Chinese own the company, they still are the number one uh, employer of convicted felons. Of children? No, of convicted felons, which I, I think that oh, is important, good. and I'm not being sarcastic that's here. That's good. But that's all the more reason to not have the children there, and I don't know if that's the best gig for convicted felons. So I watched yeah. a program where they, this guy had a group of children, and he made chicken nuggets from scratch. He, like, took the chicken, and he put them in a blender, and all the children the whole time were going, Ew, gross! And his intention was to make these kids kind of see what's behind the meat, and maybe make a choice to eat a fucking broccoli. So two giggities. He goes through the whole process, and then he has these chicken nuggets. And at the end, he goes, "All right, who wants to eat them?" And every child put their hand up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Experiment failed. <laughs> I've watched the late night Discovery Channel on the hot dog factory, and I'm like, that is fucking disgusting and then the next day like we're at the grill and i'm searing them hot dogs i'm like that smells glorious i can't wait to wrap my mouth around this bad boy <laughs> it's gonna look at the I way that, that juice is splitting out of there a study found Three that giggities. every hot dog you eat you lose 35 minutes off your life i read the yeah. same thing right I'm, <laughs> I'm dead it's those it's, the, it's those alzheimer's delusional minutes i don't need those minutes yeah. fast food <laughs> breakfast sandwiches take like a half hour off your life too you're like, yo, yeah, yeah, I love hot dogs. And, and, right. In the sailing world, they used to have weekend competitions, and every Sunday they would have hot dog. Like that's what they would. They just go to Costco and buy like a million hot dogs, and like we would literally eat like twenty hot dogs. Like so, I'm probably should be dead then uh, by that stick. <laughs> you just get yeah. back from sailing, just like hey, chow down hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> I, Alan, I miss you already. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that means right now, Alan. Every day that you wake up and live. Is the worst day of your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, day. that sucks. The hot dogs didn't <laughs> do it yet. Yeah. Yep. What, um, what about so, right now? Um, is today the worst day of your life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so far. So far. So <laughs> not getting any better. Yeah. So after they find all, it is what it is, guys. What are you gonna? So after they find the, after after they find the 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 horror scene um, of blood everywhere, Matt immediately thinks it's Trollocs. Avienda disagrees. Uh, the wise ones, Moraine and Land, go in to inspect the building, and this is where. <laughs> you know, hold on, brother Dan. Brother Dan heard it too because he's laughing. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? What, what kind of horror scene? Or what kind, I know you've been to Thailand, but like horror scene. You, the horror scene with wow. blood everywhere. Everywhere. Like, everywhere. This is not okay, guys. 
Yeah. Alan, we need another intervention. <laughs> I love that. I'm down. This is, hey, this is what I love that about the puppets. Season, um, <laughs> Alan is trying his hardest to get us back on track. So I know y'all listening can't Alan. see us, but as, as we record, we can see each other. Yeah. And as Alan's Alan saying that, I'm thinking than... it in my head, and Im- immediately I go, keep it together, you're the only one. And I look over at Brother Dan's, and it's the puppet. Like, clearly, Brother Dan's a puppet. He's dying laughing silently. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Full send. Great, great I don't have a horse poker face. When I laugh, I do this. Yeah. Even the Horror. puppet just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Uh, Bloody horror yeah. scene. Well, Go on. Keep keep going wherever you were going with that, Alan. I don't know if we're going to co-sign, right, so, but you so, just keep right, going. So Quentin Tarantino these, comes these in and says, These bloody right, prostitutes are everywhere. Yeah. The bloody prostitutes are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. It's a whorehouse in there. And, um... <laughs> And Rourke's misogyny seems rather insignificant at this point. Yeah. The horror. Rourke seems downright progressive. The horror. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rourke, a new Rourke ran for office in San Francisco. <laughs> hey, this could, we don't know. This could be a female led uh, uh, cooperative brothel. Sure. It could be, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I assume nothing. Horror, not whore. <laughs> but anyway. And speaking of. So- Speaking of horrors, um, we wait. We have one correct. brought out of the horror wagon. or horse. Where are we going right now, Chris? We have one. We have one brought out of the wagon. Like she comes out of nowhere and oh, she yeah. wants to suspect what's she going on. She has a heart shaped face, which is yeah. a dark haired young woman dressed in red silk gown and red velvet slippers walks out of the wagon. It's the red lady. So I, I actually envision like an anatomical heart, which is really disgusting. Lady, <laughs> <laughs> less romantic, but I can appreciate it. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts yeah, about it? So, go on, go on, Chris. What are your thoughts about her? I, you know, we had this comment about land fear. So there was a moment of like, is this like land fear in disguise? And then Ian mentioned earlier a third woman, and my mind always goes to Elena, Gwen, and men, but. Maybe she's going to play a role that way. And then there's a third thought of going along the ideology of dark friends. Maybe she's one of the forsaken. I mean, she did want to go see the bloody room. I like the forsaken track because so Ran eventually references, if he hasn't already, I forget where we're at, about Landfair being there. And he's... Mm -hmm. Very confident about that, so that's where I'm like, all right. Wait, handshake did he say he, she's there. there, or no? He just mentioned all oh, the watchful eyes, and he listed her in a, in a long list of things. Not all of them are, I think. Yeah, Sure. Okay. You keep you keep on keeping sure. on there. Emery says, but for her, she's like, you are the one. The <laughs> I just want to mislead the audience there. Who? Yeah. yeah. Like so. Here's a. This whole group has yet to run into an Aiel to guide them, but then she makes the statement, you're the one the Aiel talk of. He who comes with the dawn. Now, is this like her making a statement like, this is who they've been looking for, or I've heard these conversations. How long has she been around the people? What has she done to the people? Oh, shit. And my mind started spinning. It's like, you are the one. Uh, she said, um, she's like strange, her. and she smiled. Her smile became wickedly mischievous. 
I thought you'd be more handsome. This dreadful heat is so weary. Do not be too long. Like she, in her mind, like she's like kind of in a bloodbath in this horrific scene. And she's just casually throwing yeah. jokes and like she's making like an comments 80s, like, to oh, like a superhero. Yeah. She's twisted. Yeah. Crazy. So, Alan, maybe you were right. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Anyways. So. Sorry. But yeah, so after after uh, after she leaves, Avienda immediately starts to berate Rand. <laughs> he didn't even do anything. He's just of like, because he's looking at her. If I was yeah. naked, would you look at me? <laughs> but would he, though? In fact, he did. Yes. Well, no, Matt did mm-hmm. in Rudion. Matt Matt checked her out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rand missed it. Well, she was like full. She was like yes. full, like chariots of fire, sprinting, right? Well, and Rand was in the baths of Faldara and refused to look at the coed baths. He he was demure. Rand was six mm-hmm. years old then. He's uh, twenty-one now, he's, now. Huge difference. He's almost died several times. Now, he, was, now he's the dragon. That was thirty bitches. years ago. <laughs> yeah. He has a salt and pepper Actually, beard. A few months, but sure. <laughs> a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, a mortgage. You know what? So. You know what? It is what it is. <laughs> he got bills to pay. He's just uh, trying to find to, some sort of reason to keep yeah. on keeping on. My evidence is this damn house. He's living. He's living his. Let him live his best life, okay? Yeah, yeah. So after this encounter, Rand get, like leaves Avienda and goes over to Lands. Like, hey, can I just go practice a sword with you? And start talking about Aiel battle tactics, which is um, interesting because Rourke like kind of chimes in. I just found that really interesting. Like Rand's like, how do you defeat the Aiel? And mm-hmm. Lands like, it's not easy, but here's one method that works sometimes. And Rourke's like, ha, how do you think that actually you, works? Could you? Um, and then they. No, no, no. It was Avienda that challenged. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you want to learn, learn yeah. from the that's Aiel. Right. That right. shit ain't gonna work. But when Rourke chimes right. in, what I got was Rourke was like, uh, I mean, it it, has. that method it has work. worked from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Almost. he uh, invites Rand to practice a spear. The two coolest um, guys ever cool. is Rourke and Lan, right? Yes. I mean, this is just uh, your, the hair grows on your chest just being in their proximity. Yeah, if this is a, I mean, if, the if answers, you're like a burgeoning WWE wrestler, you lost. This would be like Hulk Hogan and The Rock, or no, or yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah. like or, or Grey Baker, old school Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, just 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 two of the giants. <laughs> you're just like, oh, teach me how to suplex. Because Lance answers, you lost concentration. They are hard with difficulty. Like he's not going to give much, but everything he says has impact. And then when he says, "I get the same vibe," he says the sheepherd is going to stab you. Right? Remember, he says a sheepherd is going to come and shop. Do you was that? Would you make anything of that? What what chapter was that from? Was that thirty eight or thirty nine? Was it? Just right there. That's the chapter. Just that was Lance's lesson. He was like, he was like, oh, you keep your arms up. Don't be retired. If you don't keep your arms up, yeah. you never know. A sheepherd is going to come up and stab you in the back. And he's like, I'm not a sheepherd anymore. But do you think uh, I'm foreshadowing that? <sighs> so, okay. If it, even if it is. All right. So, obviously, we all, when we think sheepherder, we think ran. Um, and this coming from Lan, uh, is it, is it Lan somehow knowing that this is going to happen? I don't think so. That would be, that would be odd. 
that Land knows that at some point Rand is going to stab him in the back. I don't, I don't know, but I, I mean, I did take note of that. I just right now I'm loving the Bond. Let's go back a second. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Rand doing his sword forms and then him relaxing a little bit and land correcting him like, Oh, can't do that. That's how you die. And then let's fast forward to Rourke coming in and teaching him the spears. And I want to stay in that happy moment of land and Rourke both being the man lands always been the man. And now Rourke is also the man and they have this odd affinity for Rand and it has nothing to do really with, Rand being the dragon or Rand being he who comes with the dawn. I think between Lan and Rourke, it's a respect for Lan. Like, it's a respect for Rand and seeing that he has to face uh, an unwinnable battle. And they see themselves in that. And he has to fight against all the odds. And they see themselves in that. And awesome. they're just giving every bit of advice that they possibly can, and and they respect that. Even even if even if there's foreshadowing of Land thinking that Rand might send him back, I don't I don't even want to think about it at this point. There's a respect for the position. There's a respect for the decisions that Rand is going to have to make in the position he's in. Like they don't even care if Rand ultimately is their demise. Maybe Rand stands stabs land in the back maybe Rand kills almost all the Aiel including Rourke and all of his clan I think they look at the position he's in and there's now we're back to choices so many choices he couldn't make he's just flung into this position whether he wanted it or not he's Aragon he's the he's supposed to be the king of men but he doesn't fucking want it and all this other shit and they're like man you're in a shitty situation the odds are against you I'm just going to give you whatever advice I can. I'm going to teach you the sword. I'm going to teach you the spear. Even if by teaching it, that means you're going to fucking kill me with what I taught you. You just need to know it because you're in a shit spot. Mm-hmm. Rourke knows the I don't know why I love prophecies. that, but I love it. Rourke knows the prophecies. Mm-hmm. He knows that Rand is going to, in theory, based on prophecies, uh, break them according to things and there would only be a remnant of a remnant. I will break you. And yet, yes, that's what she said. Right. <laughs> he no still, he, he doesn't take this personally. He's like, you're going to need these skills. You need to know how to beat an IO. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to head out. That's not a boot. That's not a, yeah. that's, not a boot. that's yeah. a very sanitary cup. We were, we're disappointed. I thought we were bringing the best out of you. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you guys for, for coming too, out. Babe. Yeah, Dude. thank you guys for coming out. Uh, I know you guys got to run and do your own show, so um, <laughs> right. But thanks for coming and joining us for part of this episode. Um, we just only have a little bit left, uh, a little bit of attack and stuff. But um, thank you guys so much. Yeah, I went as deep as I could while you were here. No, I appreciate it. I Love felt it. That was a mental flex. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris did not care. To that's what she said. She I'm said. so sorry. That's, yeah, I offended somebody there. My bad. Yeah, beautiful guys. guys. Thanks for having us on. So, it's been too long, and uh, hopefully your coming. spreadsheet will have us on algorithmically in the next like fourteen months. Is it? Yeah. Let, <laughs> I hope we get. I hope we get in each other's sheets a yeah, little bit sooner. The better. Yeah, yeah. We love this. We love. Mm. We'll get you on our show <laughs> sooner. The, this exactly. season, season three, we'll hope to get you all three of you on if you can. Yeah, absolutely. It hasn't happened, yet, right. Chris. It's your fault. 
All right. I wish <laughs> you were but we got to go. I'll make right, it bye, next guys. time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Love you. Okay. <laughs> so, so we switch over to Matt's point of view. Um, and he's just hanging out with the peddler's wagons. Uh, and they're all doing the trading now. So this is after they all leave the, the fighting or, or leave the, the practicing that Rand's doing. And Matt's over there now just hanging out with the peddlers. And this is where you get the whole interchange and the trading going on, um, which I think we already mentioned in the previous chapter. But also, Matt's kind of has a lot of his mind. He's wondering about the holes in his memories um, and actually starts thinking in old tongue a little bit, uh, saying, you know, I'm losing my own mind. And when he speaks old tongue, um, Jason Nattel, the gleeman, overhears and approaches him saying, oh, you're well, you know, you're well learned. Um, I'll go talk to you for a bit. So we meet Jason Nattel the gleeman that's with this this peddler group so what are your initial thoughts about jason at natel you know it's gleeman but any initial thoughts are can i go back i'm yeah, sorry go for it you're gonna go back to talk about the bow oh i gotta go back all right so i was trying to make a, a point that i wanted to make and then i knew they had to leave at a certain time but this is where it gets really this is where it really hit me the point i was making about rurik and lan and how they relate to Rand, even, and they want to help him even if it f's him over. Um, what I think it's Rand talking to Rourke, and he says that mountain could grow awfully heavy sometimes. He sighed, taking a spear and buckler from Rourke. When do you find a chance to put it down a while? And then Land says, "When you die." So, at least as I'm reading that, he's directing that statement to Rourke as he's taken in the spears, but Land's the one that answers. And this is where I really felt the overlap of Land and Rourke. Are, are, they're kind of, they've both been dealt the same hand, but from a different spot on the table. And they're playing it out, and they see Rand has been dealt the same hand also from a different spot of the table. And they're just, they're just trying to help the poor boy, you know? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That part yeah, caught me in the feels. So, yeah. anyways... Um, you might have to recap where you wanted us to go, Alan. Because du- duty still is stuck heavier there. than a mountain; death is light as a feather. Gee, yeah, duty. Yeah. Fuck. That's Fuck. honestly, man. I don't want to go back but to the very well. the personal life, but that's that's been the conversation lately in my life. Like, why am I doing all the things? Like, I've worked my ass off since I was. 15 years old, I've had a job working my ass off and still working my ass off. And in some ways, I have things to show for it. In many ways, I don't. And it's just so... I mentioned just being tired earlier. And I, I guess I'm I'm tired of working out of that perspective of duty that I just... I owe certain things to other people. I agree with there, you. There's not I one point in my adult life point. where I've spent significant time investing in shit that makes me happy. And even saying it out loud makes me, I feel like I sound like a fucking asshole, a selfish person, even saying that. But, like, I just don't. I, I don't do shit for me. I mean, I do. I love sailing. How often do I go sailing, Alan? Yeah, same here. I don't go sailing nearly enough anymore. But that's because I have kids and yeah. I have other people I need to take care of. Right? <laughs> same thing. Uh, yeah. Kind of the point? I don't know. I'm, I'm derailing. I'm sorry, Alan. Alan wants it's to get okay. back on topic. But <laughs> this... Sh- it's 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 funny reading this shit. I would have loved to have read this series when I was young. I'd be like, this is great. I don't get it. <laughs> but I'm reading it. This is wonderful. I'm having a good time. There's some yeah. lines that I read now that I set the book down. Makes sense. And that was one of them. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. 
Yeah. That's a hard yeah, life this book gets he- yeah, this book gets heavy from time to time, and there's some really good nuggets in here. And yeah, it does affect you differently than when you read it as a kid. Um, I never read it as a kid, but I know plenty of people that did, and they will tell you on their rereads when they read it as an adult, it's a completely different story. Um, it's like that that, that meme where uh, I don't know if um, um, you've ever seen this one, but like you're 16 years old. You're driving through the drive-through, and on the radio, "Landslide" by Fleetwood Mac comes on. Like, oh, this is a really cool song. And it's then you're cool like song. 40 years old, and you have kids, and you're bawling, crying when the song comes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sadly appropriate meme. Land fi- "Landslide" fucks me up. I don't care if it's Fleetwood Mac or Dixie, Dixie Chicks. Either way, it fucks me up. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm sorry. It hits you differently, different age. Um, but yeah, you've been through more shit. You understand actually what they're getting at. Um, versus, oh, it's just a cool song with a cool, you know, a pleasant sounding guitar riff and and pleasant sounding vocals. But yeah, so let's get back into the story. Um, so Matt's now doing this whole... I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around mm-hmm. you. I'm going to mute myself for a minute, guys. Y'all just carry on with the show. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, Matt's with the uh, Peddlers. Um, he thinks uh, about the holes in his memory, and that's when you get Jason to tell. So, um, All right. So, before about... we get to the cell, I'm going give, to yeah. give a thought and a nod to Ian. With two men doing nothing but keeping a crossbow with bolt in place in the hands of each crossbowman, the stout pikemen to hold off, hold the cavalry off. Wincing, Matt let his head fall back against the spokes. It had happened again. He had to get out of the waste, away from Moraine, away from the Aes Sedai, maybe back home for a while. Small chance of that, unless I used the bloody ways and wore the portal stone. But he wanted to go back to Edmund Field. He's slipping in and out mm-hmm. of these memories. He's watching them trade. The trader brought a crossbow. He saw first what our Matt would see, which is the value in the crossbow. Gold Dang. and mm-hmm. rubies. And he's like, damn, that's Profits. an expensive piece of equipment. That's profit. And then he's like, but you know, it doesn't serve a purpose compared to a longbow. But then again... If you got more than one and people keep handing them to you, you can definitely do damage. We did damage. Oh, wait, that wasn't me. Or was it? <laughs> Where am so, I? And that's when this? he makes his... What memory is this? All of this is Matt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that's yeah. when he makes his statement in the old tongue. He said mm-hmm. he knew the old tongue now. Sifted whole out of the dream. Like, what did they do to me? And then he makes, I'm not even going to try to say it. So, so for Yara, Nindy Masanagi. This is where we need Black Tower on. Who was it from Black Tower that can nail that shit dead on? With the old tongue? (laughs) Wasn't wasn't it Black Um, Tower? Yeah, it was Black Tower. Daniel from the Black Tower. Yeah. Does a real good, speaks old tongue very well. Shoot him a message and see if he can say that line and then just splice it in here later. Splice it in. So, so then you have Jason Natali, the Gleeman, mm-hmm. who's like, oh, well, well, that's that's odd. But, you know, to, to find somebody like you all the way out here, I need to know about you. I need to know how you figured this out. And you know why you know the old tongue. I want to know why he knows the old tongue. Mm. Uh, 
a little bit to my point earlier, at least as far as the gleeman, a gleeman is not coming to the waste to tell stories and dance around and get tips at an inn because none of that exists. I know, Alan, you referenced there's talk about getting to places beyond the waste, and maybe that's what their goal is, but I still feel like there's information gathering going on. There's mm-hmm. a PSYOPs mission in the waste with the peddlers and especially a gleeman in the waste. Or, mm-hmm. But if their goal is to get beyond the waste, maybe they're just making the best of their time here and they're trying to gather what they can. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they're not here to tell stories. They're here to gather stories. And he knew exactly who Matt traveled with by first and last name. Ping. This is where the land fear. How often do you hear triggering in my mind or the the forsaken? Maybe it's one thing to know Rand's full name. It's another thing to know Moraine's full name. Yeah. Moraine Damadred. The yeah. Damadred. Like, and Matt didn't even think to challenge this. As a matter of fact, Matt, like the, the loose lip sink ships. Mm hmm. Like that comes to my you ever real heard of a quick. loose cannon, Matt. <laughs> a couple thousand it's pounds of pig like, iron fly it. around the deck of a man of war, send her straight to the bottom. People can be like People. that sometimes. Yeah, so he lets it all pour. Yeah, Chris, you're fucking killing it tonight. Your insight, so, no joke. Your yeah. insight has been on point. You've been saying yeah. shit tonight that makes my mind go. Well, I wasted my time reading this three times because <laughs> I didn't get any of that. And that is so good. <laughs> yeah. And then what do you think about, like, as soon as Matt's done telling him stories, because he asks about Rian, and, and Matt tells him some of the stuff. He leaves out, you know, like the Twisted uh, Door and the Terran Grill and leaves out some of the details. Uh, but then immediately afterwards, um, uh, uh, Kylie um, comes over and appears to, like, get mad at Natal um, for not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like, there's a little fight that happens between them. Like, like Chris, I just want you to know that Alan... Alan just spoiled a little bit because he just confirmed what I was thinking. It was that little argument about what are you doing? What are you talking about? Man, I'm so upset with you. Get back to business. It was all for show. Appears. It was. She appears to be upset with him. And that's the impression I got reading. And Alan just uh-huh. Alan just confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. That they just right got there with you. good intel. And she's like, on Rorodia. Let's pre- let's pretend that that's not what we're here for. Rorodian, stop talking about that. That's not the important stuff. I hope you took notes, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. That's were exactly re- the re- conversation that was had. Were you recording? Is this on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, My check. Mic check one two. Check. Are we yeah. recording? Doing a little a little rough on the shirt. There's this thing on. <laughs> We've got a code blue in sector six. <laughs> Green team, you are a go. Yeah. I'm so upset with you. Stop talking about Rodian. Hmm. Abra Cadabra. Abra Cadabra. <laughs> I said Abra Cadabra. <laughs> Why do you okay. keep saying Abra Cadabra? Abra Cadabra. <laughs> That's oh, so good. Uh, I'm so happy anyway, so right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. Later, Matt goes and he eats with um, um, Rand and Rorark by the fire, and they start to sing some. Uh, Natel starts to sing the songs for him, and Matt's surprised because he actually remembers the songs from another life. Um, you know, and they're they're eating and having a good old time. And as the song comes to the end, Trollocs. 
up here. Let me tell you, if the Gleeman turns out to be Ed Shireen and he starts singing, swear to God, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Let me also on. say this. The Gleeman was asked to do a song and he was taken aback and almost didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would he be that way? If he didn't already know some shit was about to go down. Or Mama if he wasn't said. a Gleeman. <laughs> exactly. Or if the Gleeman well, see, was the now, cover story. Because I still think... He did play. He did have a harp. I do wonder, are you really a Gleeman? That was my first thought. But he wasn't my quick to get to the, to the instruments. He, he like... Nah. There's some line in there. I've already closed my book because I have my glasses on and I still can't read the letters. At this point, he said the fellow certainly was different from Tom Maryland. Tom yes. hardly got out of bed without a flute or a harp or both. Matt thumbed the silverwork pipe full of tobacco yes. and was putting, so he was just passing the time waiting on a gleeman to find his instrument. That's the fucking line. That li- doesn't happen. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's exactly what I was, I was talking about. You. I'm with you. But the Suspect. other part of it was, was like, Again, knowing what's coming next, Trollic is like, did they know? Mm-hmm. Did they want to get as far away from this shit as possible? Because they knew what was about to go down. All right. So most conspiracy theorist people start their conspiracy statement with, no, I don't typically believe in conspiracy theories. So that's what I'm going to say. I don't typically believe in conspiracy theories, and I don't want to apply that to this book. However, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Alan. Crack the can or the drink. That's where I'm at. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So we got Rand, who might have made a deal with the, the devil, air quotes, uh, land fear, to maybe learn from one of the other forsaken. And if he actually shook hands on that, not only is land fear here, but another forsaken was invited into the fold to help Rand out. And maybe they convinced him of some other way to gain a necessary power. Okay. Now, let's not – don't judge me on how this applies to real life in the real world. But if you go into the Waste and there's all these different factions and they're mad at each other and fighting at each other and raiding each other and you want to get them to come together and you want to be the, the head something in charge, head person in charge, the HPIC, is that <laughs> – have we come up with that yet? Yeah, sure, anyway, sure, sure. You need to you need to fabricate or actually bring about a common en- enemy, right? So maybe part of the plan to make Rand the man in the waste and get him in charge of all of the Aiel is to get a common enemy of all the Aiel right up in their shit. So was is this part of the plan? Is Rand in on this? Is Rand in on the Trollocs coming? Like we're talking about the the peddlers possibly knowing they're coming, or maybe Landfear. You know, we, we know she's had some pull over some Trollocs before and helping Rand, but maybe it's worse than that. Maybe Rand's in on it too. Maybe Rand's like, yeah, maybe Rand knows what's going on, and it's part of his pull for power in this part of the world, and he's being influenced. Not just we we know he's being influenced by Tarvalon. They're trying to at least. And the Aes Sedai are, and Moraine is, but maybe he made a choice, and now he's being influenced by Lanfear, whatever other Forsaken that Lanfear brought into the fold to help teach him. 
and maybe he's convinced he needs to gain this power in in the waste and this is how you do it common enemy mm. let the trollocs mm. come in and fuck a whole bunch of people up and then ran come in and be the only one that can save them mm. Mm. yeah sure and 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 then the patriot act sure oh. sorry you can edit so that out, Alan. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> and then uh so the Sherlock fight starts and Rand pulls out his fiery sword of Sidine. Uh Matt fights with his spear and the Aiel starts shooting bows and spear things and stabby stab. Merdrol comes down as well. Got fades everywhere. Um it's just chaos. Uh, pretty cool action scene. I mean, I love the way I mean we've talked about this numerous times throughout the books. Robert Jordan writes action to the point where like, you're like, what just happened? Um, but it's so much detail going through, but you just fly through the pages when, when action happens, it goes from zero to a hundred real fast. I think mm. this blip was unique. And then it got, it went so fast and then it was over so fast. A lot <laughs> happened in a very short amount of time. That's what she said. Yeah. Well, yeah. Occasionally <laughs> it depends on what my carb intake was that day. And, I just, the stress level, I'm getting old, man. I just, <sighs> anyways, I do. My so best. yeah, it's, it, it, it starts and it's over really it fast. Is what Actually it is. at one point, isn't, isn't, um, doesn't, doesn't Matt almost get like diced up at one point and then like, gets like, like pickled the, full of arrows. Like the, right. does. the best part was I, th I think so the, the merge roll was already dead. It's possible that Matt was the one who killed it. But anyways, mm -hmm. but in, because the merge roll don't immediately stop moving. They're like fucking chickens with their heads cut off. Heads. Mm -hmm. As it was falling, it was still slicing and dicing. And in that death row, in that last lunge by the merge roll, Matt probably would have died if not for getting pickled by the Aiel arrows. So Matt, mm -hmm. Matt was saved in the last instance. Well, the merge roll was already on its way to dying but still mm -hmm. lashing out and got saved by the, the eel. The only thing uh, I really wanted to point out here, it was a, it was a perspective thing. Um, I'm starting to learn as much as the eel are badass fighters, and we've always talked about this. It's made me think to take down a merge roll, uh, a fade, you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And yeah. even in being perfect in the way you fight them, it, from a human no-superpower perspective, uh but even being a perfect human and honing all your skills perfectly and all that jazz, the best chance you can hope for is they they don't kill you and a bunch of your friends as they're dying. Um, so it's I, I always in my mind I always like to adjust my perspective of how powerful things are, and we've gone back and forth on these fades and merge roll. And in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, four four Aiel could take out a fade, no problem. Uh, four Aiel might be able to take out a fade, but there's going to be a problem. Like it's, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And I love Matt's reply. Like when it's all over. So the battle ends and Rand and Avienda both go up to Matt and they're like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. Nothing like a little dance with Trollocs to go to bed to. <laughs> like, <laughs> you and Avienda both. Cause she grinned at yeah. the same statement. She was like, giggity. Yeah. <laughs> she, right, Avienda, this isn't me. Avienda gave Matt's line three giggities and she was ready for bed mm -hmm. at that point. She's like, hell mm -hmm. yeah. Dyson up a merge roll. Yeah. And, and Rourke actually has some bad news as well. Apparently some Trollocs attacked the Wise Ones camp as well. But if it wasn't for Moraine, um, they wouldn't, uh, you know, Moraine did her shit over there. And the Shadow uh, camp was attacked as well. But 
She probably finger blasted. Uh, it, she might it, finger blasted. It wasn't in the book, but let's be honest. We know she has the ability. Yeah. Maybe was she finger consent? blasted her way out of it. <laughs> um, and the shadow was attacked uh, as well, but with a whole lot less numbers, um, which Rourke finds strange uh, because Trollocs don't usually act that way. Um, there's more shadow, so they should, you know, they usually attack where there's more easy pickings, more food because they're animalistic and they're trying to eat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is where we go back to Jordan's experience and what he knew at the time for military strategies and, and those used in Vietnam and Korean War even. Uh, World War II, you could probably go further back than that. Um, it's not really a smoke and mirrors thing. It's uh, if you have a target and there's others nearby that could reinforce, you mm-hmm. you do – you start with the reinforcing areas first. You have some sort of attack there. It could be so small. All you have to do is put them in a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. And the second they're in a defensive posture, you can move on to your actual target. And yeah. he, he he nailed it. Um, we still think yeah. this way in the military today, even the way we plan our attacks, if there's groups of threats nearby, um, you think how might the other group react what could we do to contain them the easiest Mm -hmm. thing is to assume that they have a plan uh to take a defensive posture you do some sort of attack to make them go defensive and then they're not going to come and reinforce and that that's yeah i I found this a little strange a a little bit uh, reaction just because i at least from um uh look at history um, and military tactics historically, and I'm not sure how much this applies to this situation, but if the shadow had larger numbers, normally attacking you attack the weakest part, parts, you know, to cause chaos. And then, and then once everybody's kind of panicking, then you can kind of clean up. I mean, that can backfire sometimes if you look at, I'm going to talk about historical battles now. So the battle of marathon with the Greeks and the Persians, um, they use this tactic to their advantage because the Persians would always attack the weakest part of their line. So what they did in the Battle of Marathon was they lined up all the villagers in the really weak, thin part in the middle and put all their heavy uh, cavalry and heavy infantry on the edges and made what's called the hinge maneuver. So the Persians attacked the center and the heavy side collapsed in on either side, uh, surrounding then the enemy and were able to defeat a much larger force by using what's called a hinge maneuver uh, in the Battle of Marathon in Greece, Um, which... So it can backfire if you have improper intelligence and you're just going, oh, just attack the weakest part because um, it might be their strategy to make a weakest part on purpose for military battles. Um, so enough of digressing into military strategy. No, but- not, dig- not digressing. <laughs> That's a perfect segue. So the question is, and it goes back to my fucked up conspiracy theory. One, one option. The, the people attacking, the Dark Friends, the Trollocs, the whoever's in charge of this, Apparently, it's possible they didn't have enough information about all the different camps, and they just made bad tactical decisions based on a lack of information. Or two, they knew what they were getting into, and what happened happened exactly the, exactly the way they wanted it to happen. And mm-hmm. that would only fall into my theory of Rand also being involved on the plan, and it's part of his plan to consolidate power in the waste the threat needs to be there everybody needs to be scared of this new threat for rand right to rise to power to protect there's also side three which is what moraine says at the very end so after matt goes asleep moraine appears examines rand and tells them that the attack was aimed at him um yeah 
Okay. If that's the okay, if that's the case and the attack was aimed at him, now we're back to the people forming the attack were just ill informed because it, it it had no chance of succeeding. Hmm. Especially if they considered what Bran was capable of in tier. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a weak attack. There there yeah. was nothing there was nothing about this attack that made me think if they were all knowing about everything that's happened up until this point that it had a chance of success. So if it didn't have a chance of success and they knew that, what was the purpose? The purpose was fear, controlling the way people sure. think. I don't know. Yeah. A little hope. I, I give less yeah. to what Moraine thinks at this point. People might shit on me for saying that, but I, we're, we're entering that realm where Moraine just knows less about what's going on, less about different prophecies. She's not as all-knowing as she was in her little sphere of the world. The mm-hmm. world is growing, and her knowledge is dwindling. Yeah. And then we end the chapter with Rand going off to his tent and Avianda following him, and that's how we end this chapter. Do we give that a giggity, or are we not there yet? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I, mean, I think Avianda does not have a thing for Rand. Half a, <laughs> half a giggity, but we're going to see how this plays out. Yeah. Also note that uh, Egwene appears to get mad as well, but that's just Egwene sitting there going. And Rand was okay with that. And Rand was like, yeah. "This, I'm comfortable with this. This is the only thing that yeah. makes sense in my life right now. Yep. <laughs> it's her being upset. So any final thoughts from these chapters? Thing. Yeah. Any final thoughts from these chapters? Anything we might have You know those two over? Leaf Boys? I mean, you know those mm-hmm. two Leaf Boys? Mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. them. Oh. <laughs> they are fun. <laughs> The best. They're good, good time, always. So, um, favorite character? We got a lot to choose from here. Chris, come on, you go first because I'm I'm torn in fifty bazillion directions. You know, I kind of got some respect for Avienda because, mm. like, again, I still go with my conspiracy of her getting her heart broken because there are some hopes there that she gets to be with Elaine. And then also she gave up her position as a maiden of the spear to become a wise one. She's in a shit and spot now right she's now. Put, yeah, now she's put with the person she least likes. Like, And look, when the battle happened, ask... when the battle happened and she was near Rand and fighting was happening, did she just stand by she's and like, go, just Will, I'm a wise woman now. Just, I'm just here to hang no, out with Rand. I can't do that. No, she, she loved it. She was work. like, I'm going to dice some bitches up. She went to town. And she could have, like, made a mistake and accidentally stabbed Rand if she wanted to, but she didn't. So, with her being in that tight of a position, I, I got to give it to her tonight. She's my hero. Okay. She, she, That's a good pick. She has probably the most amount of stress put on her, and I think with all that stress, she plays it out really well. God, that's good. I don't know. Alan, what's your pick? What's my pick? Lovely Lady Lumpiness. Uh, my favorite... Um person in this chapter um let me find some obscure person um <laughs> um i don't know i always love jason to tell uh but that's yeah um the glee man that's i'm gonna pick the glee man ed sheeran i'd like ed you sheeran. you would and, and <laughs> i don't like you because of that pick i won't speak for chris but i don't like it yeah, that's a troll pick that's a troll pick there that's yeah go ahead <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with both Lan and Rourke, um, and, and really for that, the, the exchanges that I talked about, uh, you know, Lan sharing the sword with him and Rourke 
Rourke wanted to share the spear with them and both of them giving him every bit of advice that they can to just save him from the shitty situation they know he's getting into because on a different level they're living it themselves you know i don't know Mm -hmm. that was a that was a it was a it was like a my eyes i wasn't tearing up but my eyes were moist during that those scenes Mm -hmm. i don't know so landon work there's there's a lot of love Mm -hmm. for uh for rand for reasons i can't even explain just a respect for somebody in a similar shitty situation yeah 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 well next time on the wheel reads uh we will be doing two chapters again 38 and 39 um it's going to be hidden faces and a cup of wine just one cup just one cup Mm. not too too concerned about that how big is the cup hidden hidden faces and a cup of wine this is chalice so do you guys have theories about are we state are, are these chapters in still with uh rand or is this uh are we elsewhere? We have to move over to Moraine. I think we're going to head that direction soon. So you think we're still in the waste? Sorry, not Moraine, but Egwene. Uh, you mean Elaine? Thank you. Yeah. Today is not the, <laughs> the night. other E. Yeah, Elaine, the Naive, other e. Tom. Um, who else? Yes. Who else is with Tom? Um, it's the the thief catcher, Julian. Julian. Yes, Sandor. Julian. Thank you. Yeah. We have to move to their perspective. That's my goal. Okay. We get we get a new map. All right. I cheated. There's a new map. It has Tanchico. Tanchico. And it fucks me up. Great tanning spots there. Great beaches. Great beaches in Tanchico. There's three or four Mm. paragraphs of description. Master Gelb. Okay. We're talking about the chicks. The the females. The... uh, Okay. What's the appropriate word? Uh, Nynaeve and... The the ladies. Yeah. Elaine. (laughs) The ladies. Let me cheat. One more chapter. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you guys get to read it now, so you guys are good. Um, yeah. Well, they both are. Well, no, and then we go to, yep, Elaine, cup of wine. It starts with Elaine. But there's a harp there Okay. for the chapter symbol. <gasps> mm. I don't even know what yeah. that means. So, yeah. What does it even mean? <laughs> 42. 42. Hmm. All right. So how we can be found? We can be found at The Wheel Reads on everywhere. Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram. TikTok and YouTube and any podcast platform you want to listen to us on. We can also be found at the Will Re- or go ahead. Red Delicious Apples, like Granny Smith Apples, <laughs> the Apple Symbol, mm-hmm. all, all the oranges. Apples. We can be found everywhere. Different ratings. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. We are everywhere. Um but yeah, so also our website is uh thewillreads.com. Go check it out. You can find all sorts of links there. My email address is thewillreads at gmail.com. Um so I know someone earlier on Discord server asked us what the email address was, and I was like, yeah, the web reads. It's pretty easy. Gmail is the only thing you have to remember there, Gmail. Statistically, um, if your email to us is witty and funny and unique, <laughs> you're probably going to win something. Because Alan will show us the email, and he'll be like, guys, look at this email. It's funny as shit. And then one of us will go, I'm going to send them a mug. That shit's on me. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> So, uh, don't send us a bunch of memes. It's got to be original. Yeah, yeah, yeah But if you email yeah. us with something like just unique, and and Will reads related or, or Wheel of Time related, there's a good chance you're gonna get a shout out here. If, if we get a good belly laugh out of it, 
Yeah. Um, if it gets yeah. shared in the group and we all laugh, you're getting something. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, you can email us. Um, also, like on the website, you can get all sorts of links to different things like our Discord server. So we are uh, well over 500 people in there. Um, I think it's like 530 people or something like that. Pretty close to it. Um, but yeah, so come join our discord. It's a great place to hang out and, um, interact with us and other wheel of time fans and first time readers. We have a ton of first time readers right now, uh, going through the different chapters and they post their insights and I am loving all of it. Um, especially a lot of new readers. We got a whole lot of eye of world, eye of the world going on right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're a first time reader and you're on the Shadow Rising um, and you're kind of following us along as a companion podcast, or if you're anywhere, I guess at this point if you're listening to this episode, you're in the Shadow Rising, or you're catching up, uh, go ahead and join our Discord server, and we're happy to hear your thoughts. Um, we would we would greatly appreciate it. Um, also, we can be supported in lots of ways. You can buy our merch. Um, not only can you send us funny emails to win merch, but you can also just go and buy it. Um, we have links to our merchandise website on our website um, where we have all sorts of merchandise and more coming. So think about buying merchandise. Um, and then as well, we have Patreon. Patreon is the best way of supporting us. Of course, um, it's how we pay for almost everything. Of course, there is the challenge out there. If we get 100 patrons before April and JordanCon, I will be getting a tattoo. I found out before the show, there will be a tattoo artist at JordanCon. So I might actually get the tattoo, not at a tattoo shop, but actually at JordanCon in the hotel. We'll see. Uh, but that Hotel is a tattoos, possibility now. baby. Hotel that won't, tattoos. Won't um, be my first. <laughs> so I will be doing that live in front of everybody. Um, it won't be the first time getting tattooed live in front of people. Um, I've, I've been tattooed on the side of the street in Thailand. So <laughs> that happened. Um, there might have been alcohol involved. But yeah, so um, <laughs> with that being said, um, yeah, like us, share us. Um, go ahead and you know rate us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, we greatly really appreciate it, and that's all I got for this week. So, until next time, peace. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Wheel of Reads. See y'all next time. Yeah, right. What the fuck? Five, four, ten, six, <laughs> ninety, countdown. Right. <laughs> 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 this message will self-destruct. And six, two, six, five. Oh, She's chasing him in the uh, Hold on, let's watch this. Oh, let's yeah. watch this oh, shit. Yeah, this that was good. great. This Chris was good. getting chased. She's like, you're calling me lumpy? Lovely lady lumps. All right, Chris, oh, do a mic check real fast. Hey, you guys can hear me, right? Oh, we have probably an echo. too well. We have an echo. Why is there an echo? Um, we can hear. Say hi to Chanel. Chanel, step in. Echo. Hi, Chris. Long time to see. How are you? Hey, guys. Hi guys. Hey, Chris. Oh, hey. no echo. No, no, no echo. Hey. No echo. No echo. Oh, hi. Yeah, Here. vape. Hit the vape. Hit the lady lumpiness. I'm heading out now. Bye. Bye. Close the door. Right, that's a good lady. That way, when you walk around naked, they don't see you. Chris, you're right. She is your better looking half. Yeah. She is my better looking half. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Am I still echoing? No echo. The echo's gone. Actually, I figured out why. It's because when my ear, my headphones are sitting away from my ear, I think it echoes a little bit.
Okay. Oh yeah, Chris. I so, think I think the last time we were on, we were just hearing about your uh, you were courting this young woman. Yes. Correct? Yes. Now they're getting yes. married. What? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I remember you were excited. You were like, yeah, yeah, we've been talking every day, and I'm going to see her again next Sunday, and yeah, this is this is cool. And I was like, oh, young, oh, this is awesome, infatuation. Well, no, and this is future. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I shocked at him. That's well amazing. Done, Congratulations. Thank you. It's been great. I moved to Charlotte and everything. I, I honestly, this is probably the best move that I've made for myself ever. You're glowing. You look pregnant. Thank you. I'm stoked for you, bro. <laughs> I may be. I can't get this weight to go down. Like my body's changing, but my my weight doesn't go down. So maybe I am. I think it was so funny when when a little female head popped in. I was like, oh, could it be? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, is that the one? Could it be? Is that, is that, is that who we... It's oh, been a while. Grief, it has been a while. Oh, man. All right. All right, to the chapter. Yeah, let's go ahead and get started this episode. You guys ready? Everybody ready? Yeah. Ready? Oh, ready? Yeah. ready? All right. Let's do it. 